and welcome back to Sharp Scratch. You're listening to episode 88. This is nothing like Grey's Anatomy. This is a podcast brought to you by the BMJ and sponsored by Medical Protection, where medical students, junior doctors and expert guests come together and discuss all the things you need to know to be a good doctor but you might not get taught at medical school. I'm Charlotte and I'm the editorial scholar here at the BMJ, looking after all the content the BMJ student will be producing this year. I've also just finished my fifth year as a medical student at the University of Oxford and today we're joined by regular panellist Lily. Lily, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi Charlotte, nice to see you again. Um, But yeah, I'm Lily, I'm an F1 in Somerset in Taunton, currently on surgery Um, and yeah, sorry about my croaky voice, I'm on these like horrible late shifts which just throw my system out of whack um but I'm not ill and I feel well I'm raring to go good to see you guys <laughs> okay good to hear it um and we've also got Stan with us again today so Stan would you like to introduce yourself yes hi everyone I'm Stan Amir. nice to see you both this is my second episode I'm very excited for it because um medical dramas is something I love um I'm a third year medical student at the University of Warwick on the graduate entry medicine program and yeah, been a panellist since um, the summer, so not very long. Great, well, really excited to have you with us today, Stan. From casualty, hobby city and cardiac arrest to Grey's Anatomy, Scrubs and House, medical TV dramas are part of the fabric of growing up interested in a career in medicine. So we thought today we'd discuss all things medical TV dramas and talk about whether these shows prepared us adequately for medical school. In this episode, we're going to be playing clips from popular TV dramas out loud so we can all follow along. Um, Obviously, these are TV clips, but this is a podcast, so it's not quite ideal, but I'll try and narrate what's happening in each clip as we go along. So yeah, before we get into the clips, Dan, Lily, what are your all-time favourite medical TV dramas and why? Oh, Grey's Anatomy, hands down. (laughs) I... um... I feel like I was watching it from the very beginning, kind of on and off, but obviously I was quite young at the time. And then when I was in year nine, one summer, I watched like everything from season one. I think it was up to either season nine or 10 then um, in the space of three months. And since then, I've been watching it religiously. That is quite um, impressive. That is I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. um, my favourite show was Scrubs or is Scrubs. Um, I just think it's like, I just think it's such a good show. I'm definitely more of a comedy person than a drama person. I really like Grey's Anatomy, but I just find it emotionally exhausting. Um, <laughs> whereas Scrubs, I think, especially the first couple of seasons is just so well done. They really balance the true heartfelt moments with genuine comedy genuine funny bits um I just think the characters are great and I just said I don't know I think like, gen- like if I really think about what I thought medicine was going to be when I was younger like my the image I have is the characters walking down the corridor that is what I think of and I'm not like not like entirely like cognizantly is that a word like not I only if I truly concentrate on like my mind's eye that is actually what I'm envisaging. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to watch some of it today and talk about it. Okay, exciting. Well, I feel like that sets us up quite well. So um, I thought we'd start by talking about, like, the biggest, kind of most dramatic moments and whether they kind of set up with a false idea of what medicine actually is. Um, So I feel like Grace, as as you said, Lily, is more of a kind of classic one for this. Yeah. 
and yeah Stan like you were kind of talking about you can't really keep a medical drama going for 19 seasons without like having Killing a few dramatic moments <laughs> yeah exactly um so I'm going to play our first clip um which so in this episode um Meredith has just stuck her hand into a body cavity that has a bomb in it I have no real memory of how the bomb got there but this always stands out to me as like a key Grey's Anatomy moment You realize how stupid that was. It was, Mayor. Incredibly stupid. Okay, you know when you don't need to be made fun of? Like when you have your hand inside a body that's got a bomb in it and a stranger is Velcroing a flak jacket to your boobs. Okay. You've got a sense of irony. Only when things are really ironic. Stop it. I'm not a patient. What? The two of you are looking at me the way we look at patients. Like I'm going to freak out at any minute. I'm not going to freak out, so whatever it is, just tell me straight out. The main oxygen line runs directly under this room. Okay. Not okay. Well, I need one of you to tell me what this means exactly. Because I think I know what it means. But I tend to be glass half empty these days, so I won't trust what I think it means. Because what I think it means is that if the bomb were to explode over the oxygen line, the whole hospital could blow up. And that's just crazy, right? Meredith, all it means is that we have to move. Okay, I think that's probably part <laughs> of um yeah so at the end then um the bomb squad guy and um one of the other surgeons were kind of whispering about meredith in the corner but she obviously couldn't move because she had a hand in the body cavity with the bomb in it um so i hate when this happens i hate when you're at work and you grab a bomb that's in someone's body and then these men talk about you it's just it's it's, it's, it's the worst kind of days um but yeah so um, i feel like that's a pretty pretty out there one for setting it up <laughs> but not not really like living up to the um the expectation um but it makes you feel so tense i think it's the music yeah. and the like the beeping of the monitors and... there's so much at stake isn't there there's like literally everyone's life in that room um oh god also what i was when i was watching this before we were side recording i was thinking about how on one hand she's obviously an idiot for doing this but on the other other hand the like whole narrative arc of Grey's Anatomy is that Meredith is like impulsive and makes decisions to like for the people she loves that are like are reckless and put herself at risk all the time um and that is like her redeeming quality and I kind of was watching it like if she hadn't done this like we wouldn't like her. Like, you know, I can't really explain it. Like <laughs> she had to do that for us to like her as a character. And that's insane. Like you shouldn't have to grab a bomb to like be <laughs> a redeemable person. I don't know. I just thought that was like an, an insane, almost like a really expanded reflection of in medicine, you have to be so self-sacrificial or at least appear to be self-sacrificial to be like revered as great yeah I feel like Grace does that a lot like um 
kind of shows that like to be a good doctor or like you know a, a well-respected doctor you have to be willing to like give everything yeah. to medicine um even if that means sticking your hand yeah in a body cavity with a bomb in it um yeah you can't then and- be like scared like she had to then be like tell me the truth tell me that like she had to still then be stubborn and brave and beautiful you know yeah there's a bit at the end of the clip where um one of the surgeons is like you handling this gray and she's like yeah i'm handling yeah, yeah, yeah. it and this is i feel like that captures it well like the yeah you have to handle it can you, you manage like yeah that's the only option right yeah um, it's, not, it's not just handle it is it it's it's not just hold what you have it's grab everything around you so you can save the world it's just it's yeah. mental <laughs> Stan, what do you yeah. think? Come on, you're a diehard Grey's Anatomy fan. Are you just like, <laughs> oh, Meredith, she's incredible. I do. <laughs> I mean, I do like Meredith. This was, I feel like uh, from early on, this was like one of the biggest moments. I mean, I think this is just season two, isn't it? So yeah. it's like very early on. And she's so young. Mm. I mean, the whole thing is just so ridiculous that I don't even, I don't even remember. I don't remember how I felt when I watched this episode, but watching it back, I was like, come on, you could have toned it down yeah. a little bit. Like you didn't need the whole like, oh, but underneath this operating theatre, there's like the main oxygen line of the hospital. It was like, come on, like make it make it a tiny bit more realistic. I mean, the whole thing is so blown out of proportion. Excuse the pun. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, Isn't that the best thing about Grey's though? Is it like when you're actually watching it and you're deep in it, you have no insight. Like you watch it as like, even I think I think if I sat down and watched that whole episode, it would not occur to me. Oh gosh, this is ridiculous! I'd just be like, "This is the story. This is the drama. <laughs> this is real." And it, like, you, it, Grey's Anatomy is so good at sucking you into this crazy world, making you really care about these characters and these events. That then, when you step back and just watch an isolated clip, when you're on a horrible late shift at work, you're suddenly like this is shit (laughs) I think it's yeah I think it's such a good show for that they really they really achieved their goal yeah they do yeah and there's so many of those moments as well there's like there's moments where there's like the obviously the bomb moment but then there's like the plane crash Mm. um yeah like I don't know if the what you said about like it's sucking you in Lily as well is kind of like how with medicine like it, it feels so like all consuming yeah. and like it yeah you really like believe in it all when you're yeah. in it if that makes sense I think also you need that Grey's Anatomy needs to be this dramatic so I don't know about like you guys but Grey's Anatomy is by far the most watched show out of my friends who aren't medics it's the most popular one and I think it's because they make medicine appear to be something it's just not and medicine needs to be in fictional telly shows it needs to be yeah dramatic and beautiful and life or death all the time um for people who aren't medics to like find it interesting was in reality if they watched me at a computer for like six and a half hours out of eight hours <laughs> of my shift um eating a sandwich in like 10 minutes when I get a chance that isn't good telly and Grey's Anatomy knows what people want yeah I think that is like the biggest take home from that <laughs> clip it's like it's like if we're talking about the expectation we had before we started med school I think I thought it'd be a lot more dramatic yeah. and a lot less like mundane yeah. than it is and so much less in real computer life. admin like yeah. I think 75% of my job is computer admin 
genuinely yeah and that just i would never have expected that yeah i think it's great how gray's anatomy just take out the most bizarre cases and make you think that this is what happens in the hospital like 24 7 and there's nothing like even you know the most simple abdominal pain turns out to be this like parasite that no one's ever heard of and yeah. they need to bring in everyone to treat it um but as you said lily it's going to be they have to make it exciting because otherwise no one's going to watch it. Yeah. Um, and speaking of bizarre cases, I feel like the medical drama that does that, probably the most out of all of them is House. I've not actually Definitely. seen the whole of House, but I've seen bits and pieces. So we've got a clip from the pilot where House is like seeing a patient, a young patient who has asthma, and at the same time he's been treating another patient who has like a really strange cluster of symptoms that he's trying to investigate. Okay, I'm going to assume that nobody's ever told you what asthma is, or if they have, you had other things on your mind. A stimulant triggers cells in your child's airways to release substances that inflame the air passages and cause them to contract. Mucus production increases, cell lining starts to shed. But the steroids... The steroids... stop the inflammation. More often this happens... What? More often this happens what? Forget it. If you don't trust steroids, you shouldn't trust doctors. You couldn't have knocked? Steroids. Give her steroids. High doses of prednisone. You're looking for support for diagnosis of cerebral vasculitis. Inflammation of blood vessels in the brain is awfully rare, especially for someone her age. So is a tumor. Her sed rate is elevated. Mildly. That could mean anything or nothing. Yeah, I know. I have no reason to think that it's vasculitis, except that it could be. If the blood vessels are inflamed, that's going to look exactly like what we saw in the MRI from Trenton County, and the pressure's going to cause neurological symptoms. We can't diagnose that without a biopsy. Yes, we can. We treat it. she gets better, we know we're right. And if we're wrong? We learn something else. I have so many thoughts. I have so many thoughts. Okay. My first thought is that when I watched House, I loved House. I watched the whole thing. Probably is my like quickest telly show to have finished because I never, ever finish telly shows. And actually, I'm, I'm, I'm lying a little bit. I haven't watched the last episode. Um, but anyway, um, I loved House. And when I watched it, it was so like, oh my gosh, how does he do that? And what I find crazy is now giving someone steroids for some weird symptoms is like classic textbook that is what we do we do it so much like I think maybe that is maybe that's not about house maybe actually that's a really nice reflection of how medicine has changed over the years which is now vasculitises and arteritises and rheumatological stuff autoimmune stuff is now so much more known about so now someone with weird symptoms with no explanation give it trialing some steroids it's like that doesn't seem to me completely far-fetched was what I I surely when I watched this was like how did he do that um <laughs> yeah but I agree that like as a non-medical like 17 year old who's like about yeah. to go into med school who's watching these clips like you do watch that and you're like oh my god he's so intelligent like yeah. he, he knows it all like trying these like crazy out there like strategies and yeah. like I'm sure there's some really interesting like psychology um stuff about how our approach to medicine has changed and I wonder if we do have a slightly more house Hausian approach now <laughs> than we did 
like 10 years ago I, I wonder I wonder if we're more prone to like being like oh it could be that weird thing like we all know that in our medical school exams we have those ridiculous questions about the rarest disease that has ever existed. And you have to know the protein that binds to the receptor that activates the cascade. That is medicine. Medicine wants you to know these ridiculous, stupid things, which I think is stupid. But maybe that is a reflection of medical school education now is that now the idea that this patient might have a vasculitis, I'm like, yeah, of course they could. Absolutely they could. Like, I don't know. Maybe that is, I'd love someone to do, someone probably has. I'm sorry if I'm not crediting you right now. But if and if anyone knows, let me know. I'd love to read some stuff about how medicine has changed in that sort of approach, especially in reflection to medical dramas, ideally. But something else that I noticed about this clip that isn't necessarily sort of about the medicine, but it was about how House was describing um, what steroids do to the family that were there with like the asthmatic kid. And I thought this is a perfect example of how you can use lay language and still it wouldn't make sense to someone who doesn't know like medicine. Because when you look at it, he technically doesn't use like any medical, like massive medical jargon. But still what he says to someone who's not medically trained will probably be there like, um, what did you just say? Yeah, it took my like third listen for me to be like, oh, I actually am following now. And like... I am supposed to be doing this you know this is we've covered this stuff in med school and I couldn't even work out what he was saying um yeah his communication style is is interesting I I think the most relatable thing about house is that he is always so pissed off at patients and actually when (laughs) you are working yes obviously you you are hoping to be patient and compassionate and I think people most people are for the most part but you, they, you do just have days, you have patients, you have your 10th patient who has kind of implied that you're not trustworthy or that you're not working hard enough. And you just don't, like, you just lose it. Like, not necessarily shouting at the patient, but you just lose that veneer of, oh, I, I'm going to kneel before you and do everything I can to help you. Because you're just like, actually, I'm a human being. You're a human being. I'm trying to help you the best I can. And I do feel like house gets that right he is he is not anything more than a human it's a bit like yeah it's almost like the contrast between meredith and house as meredith is like i will sacrifice my life for you and house is saying i will not i will do what i want to do (laughs) i will do the best i can do and you can take it and i kind of somewhere in the middle of those things is i think the way to be um yeah but people will always swing between those spectrums and you have an amazing day then you have a bad day so I always really liked I thought house comforts me and makes me feel like I am more patient than him which is nice (laughs) yeah that I think that's a good reflection um and we'll talk a bit more about some of the most intense moments in tv medicine right after this message from our sponsor indemnity You've probably not given it much thought, but it won't be long until the risk of claims and patient complaints becomes all too real. Whatever lies ahead, you need experts in your corner who offer indemnity and a whole lot more. That's why it pays to be with Medical Protection. There's our free membership during your medical school years, our wealth of training resources to help you become the best doctor you can be, and our international experience that protects you during your elective no matter how far from home you end up. In fact, There are many reasons why our members worldwide trust us to support and protect them throughout their careers. And if you're looking for one more, 
Every week, one lucky new joiner wins £200. That's the average student weekly spend. Just join for free and you're automatically entered into the draw. That's why UK medical students choose to be part of medical protection. You can't blame them, so why not join them? Visit medicalprotection.org to find out more. Okay, back to the show. Um, so now I kind of thought we'd move on to like some of the the moments in TV dramas that capture like the hard hitting yeah. bits of medicine. Um, and yeah, I thought we'd start off with Scrubs Woo! this one, which isn't always, I guess, thought of as the like most kind of emotionally intense TV drama. But um, I feel like this clip sums it up quite well. Hallelujah. you know that she went very peacefully you know you did everything you could for my son can't tell you how glad I am he had a friend here with him don't second guess yourself you made the right call you did I know so basically so they say that one out of every three patients admitted to this place will die here. But some days the odds are worse than that. I'm so sorry. And on days like that, I guess the best you can hope for is that you took something from it. Hey, who turned? Anything. Anything at all. Even if it's just taking the time to lie in the grass and think about all the things you still have left to do. Okay, yeah. So I realised I didn't actually explain what was happening in that clip before we started watching it, but basically each of the three main characters has a patient in this episode and all three of the patients dies in in like kind of this clip of the episode. Um, and it's each of the like three main characters' first experience of death. I think does that kind of sum it up well, Lily? You are resident Scrubs fan. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Um, again, memories like a sieve. It definitely is like the episode where they all properly encounter death. I think there are episodes, obviously, where they each individually do it, but this is like the episode about not succeeding. Um, and they kind of show the three characters are very, very different. Yeah. And it kind of struck me when watching it because I think, like, I often think of Scrubs as being more lighthearted, but I think mm. this is, like, a really good portrayal of things not going the way you think. Like, watching their facial expressions as they realise what's happened and, like, watching them, like, break the news to the families. Yeah, I don't know if that's something that, like, you both felt as well. I think Scrubs is just the best. Like, people are always like, yeah, like, Scrubs is just, like, funny. I'm like, no, it's not. Like, I really think Scrubs is the most accurate depiction out of all of the inaccurate depictions of medicine, of which it still is. It is the most accurate because it does just, it captures those moments where you are too young and you're too inexperienced, yet you are the one who has to deal with 
this family's worst day they will ever have and you it's you there's no one else like obviously you have senior support and in the show it does show different types of senior support but at the end of the day if you're the one there you can't be like oh uh and just walk away like you have to do it um and it also is hilarious it's an amazing show everyone should watch it what did you think stan have you watched scrubs i've watched bits of it um not watch the whole thing but after this episode i might have to i might have to go back and watch it but i think it is very i mean you know as someone who is going through medical school now i think it is very relevant because i do often think like oh how am i gonna cope the first time i encounter death as a junior doctor because obviously you see it as a medical student but you're kind of on the periphery you're not really Mm. involved like you're never there for long enough to be involved um as much as you would be as a doctor so I do wonder how it's going to hit me and Mm. how I'm going to cope with it and whether I'm going to have this moment where you know I go and reflect and walk through a park (laughs) or something I don't know I think you do have you had any experiences with that Lily yeah I think so I've never had like because of the nature of what shift what jobs I've done um, and also because actually in reality especially in the NHS like the most people that die are old people who are expected to die which doesn't make it any less sad but it's a bit different um I've never had like some horrible catastrophic death that wasn't expected where some of my friends have so I can't really speak on that um but I have called families and been like oh and then also telling people that their relative has died and it is just it's just gutting um and you do it you can't you actually just can't get away without doing some walking through the park and reflecting um as much as it feels like a cliche it does remind me of um i mean this is not fictional because it was on um bbc junior doctors you know those programs where they follow junior doctors around and they did exactly that it was f i think she was f1 yeah her first time verifying death and it was kind of like this really big thing for her because obviously she'd never done it as a doctor before and they kind of showed how how she coped with it. But for everyone else, it was just like another task yeah. that needed to be done. And I guess it's like how everything is in a hospital. It really is. And most, a lot of the times it seems like people don't realise that staff can also be affected by death. I feel like there is this sense that oh, you know, uh, doctors and nurses and healthcare professionals have to deal with this day in and day out. So surely they're like used to it mm. by now. And maybe there is some some degree of truth to that. But yeah, it probably helps to see this kind of thing, even in a TV show, because it will make people think, oh, they're, they're just human too. Yeah, I feel like that's what this episode does really well, is like make you think about how this is actually impacted on the three main characters because I think especially the fact that they're all like young doctors um, and haven't really had to go through this before is like quite a a good depiction of it. Um, and the next kind of show that I thought we'd talk about is Code Black, which I don't really know much about, but Stan, I know you've watched quite a bit before, so do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so Code Black is a TV show about an emergency department in Los Angeles. They like portrayed as like the busiest. Um, I don't know if they say like the busiest in the US or busiest in California. 
And it was based on a real documentary about uh, a hospital, which I think is called like Angel's Memorial. But don't quote me on that because it might not be true. So someone decided to basically <laughs> just follow. You know how we have like 24 hours in A&E in this yeah. country. So, but this was just like one uh, one-off documentary about this emergency um, department. And the reason why um, I liked Code Black um, is because they do get rid of most of like the drama and the, uh, you know, love relationships between staff and they do, (laughs) (laughs) they do show like the act, like how they actually do stuff. Obviously it's uh, fictional, you know, so it's not uh, completely accurate, Um, but it does show that um, sort of the reality of emergency medicine. And what I think they, um, show really well is uh, one of the main characters is actually the nurse in charge of the emergency department which I feel like you never see in something like Grey's Anatomy uh, I'm not sure about Scrubs Scrubs has got a nurse as a character okay that's that's good because in Grey's Anatomy the doctors like are everything you know they do every single thing which is so unrealistic but again you know it's it's the drama whatever but in this one um you see like uh, this nurse who is a very prominent figure and he's like taking care of the residents that are starting um, their residency at this hospital. And I think it's very like reflective of uh, sort of practice in the UK where, you know, the nurse is very much uh, the big leader of the ward and the doctors are, um, you know, kind of doing their job, but they don't take on that responsibility. So I thought that was really nice. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds really good. Grace definitely doesn't set you up for like thinking that that's how a hospital works. So it's good that this one sounds a bit a bit more realistic. So um, the clip from this one is um, there's a there's been a trauma call and there's a helicopter coming in and all the staff kind of rush to, um, you know, see the patient. And there's another character who's kind of like filming uh, while all this is going on. So it's just a short clip. Okay, so, so that was just a really short clip, but I think it captures quite well the like chaos that is usually presented um, during like trauma calls in all of these like kind of major TV shows. I don't know how you both felt the first time you kind of worked in this environment, but I was just stunned by how unchaotic it is in yes. comparison. Like it yes. really, yeah. Um, it really sets you up for something very different. Like you think there's going to be people running everywhere and like loads of shouting and really loud noises. Um, but that's not really what it's like. I think I have two opposing feelings. One is that, yeah, watching it or listening to it, I was like, people don't shout as much as this. That would be ridiculous. Um, And that is true. People don't shout as much. And also people don't, well, they shouldn't, but they don't tend to run anywhere. Um, It's like classic, like when you start working, they're like, you can't run anywhere because if you're out of breath, you can't do chest compressions. Um, So you don't run. Um, On the other hand, I have seen countless 
like peri arrests or like urgent moments or then actual cardiac arrests um or at least cardiac arrest calls that are utter chaos and that does accurately depict that where you would expect that trained professionals could figure out like a smooth way of working but in reality because you're all different because you're all on different shifts so you don't necessarily have like a set role and because like you obviously have a crash team who might have set roles in that you've got an anaesthetist who's going to do the airway and the f1 is going to do chest compressions that sort of thing you've also got everyone else on the ward who's there and they haven't been in that briefing so they don't know what they're supposed to do um, and so it is actually just chaos and often like it's not <laughs> done necessarily always in the way that you would want it to or hope it to. I'm sure it can be done like that, but I actually haven't ever seen an arrest call that has been perfectly executed. Um, and there's always someone who's like, is anyone timing? Um, that's the one <laughs> thing people do shout. Um, so yeah, there's two opposing things there. Yeah, I also think that this depiction of kind of the drama of an emergency coming through and, you know, in Grey's Anatomy, they have like people with all sorts of weird like traumas and things sticking out of their chests. That is probably what like makes a lot of prospective medical students really excited about medicine. It's the gory stuff. It's like the helicopter landing. And, you know, that does happen in reality, but it's a lot less dramatic. And I swear I've read somewhere that like a big proportion of medical students start medical school wanting to do emergency medicine or trauma or something like that. And then (laughs) by the end, we know that like half of them... Is it something like half of UK graduates become oh, GPs that's like a or classic something like that? Stat, but I don't know if that's accurate anymore. I don't know if it's yeah. true, yeah. But <laughs> there's so many people that in the beginning want to be emergency medicine physicians because they think it's all going to be like, wow, yeah. you know, I'm going to be doing chest compressions like every single day. <laughs> Why would you want to do yeah, that? Yeah, it was just <laughs> exactly. And then they're like, oh, actually, you go to recess and you're like, oh. Maybe not. Um, Lots of people come to medicine wanting to do that sort of medicine. Then they realise not only is it not necessarily actually as enjoyable as they think it is, because I really don't enjoy crash course. Some people do like them, but I don't like them. But also, like, that isn't the job. Like, most of the job isn't that in reality. Especially if you're in ED, most of your job is seeing, like, kids with RSV and being like, here's an inhaler. So it's just a bit... um, It's just not like that. Um... We'll discuss a bit more about some of the best medical TV moments right after this advert. I'm Dr Matt Morgan, and alongside working as an intensive care consultant, I work as part of the BMJ on-examination team to support you in passing your medical exams. You can get access to our personalised revision resource online and in our app for years one to three, totally free, as well as a huge 40% discount on our medical student finals product. We'll help you pass your exams by making sure to maximize the best use of your time. We'll deliver you the most important questions, keep you on track with daily reminders, and give you feedback to show how you're performing. We're committed to making revision easy so start your journey to pass in first time today by visiting onexamination.com to sign up or by downloading the OnExamination app. Okay, back to the show. 
Okay, so just to finish off then, I thought in the last section we talk a bit about kind of the the nice, like, warm, fuzzy moments in medical TV dramas and, like, the, the cute romantic relationships and friendships that are, like, seen across seemingly all TV dramas, apart from maybe Code Black, Stan. Okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I thought we'd start with an absolute classic uh, quoted line from Grey's Anatomy. Um, so in this scene Meredith and Derek have just done a some sort of surgery together um and they've just come out of surgery and they're just kind of chatting I can't remember exactly where they are um they're always in that sink bit I think it is the sink bit yeah yeah (laughs) um Um, you can tell I'm not a surgeon (laughs) (laughs) so many things happen in the the sink sink bit (laughs) yeah um okay here we go I lied. I'm not out of this relationship. I'm in. I'm so in, it's humiliating because here I am begging. Meredith, shut up. You say Meredith and I yell, remember? Yeah. Okay. Here it is. Your choice, it's simple. Her or me. And I'm sure she's really great. But Derek, I love you. In a really really big pretend to like your taste in music let you eat the last piece of cheesecake hold a radio over my head outside your window unfortunate way that makes me hate you love you so pick me choose me love me I'll be at Joe's tonight so if you do decide to sign the papers Meet me there. Okay. I loved that. Oh, what did I really we didn't think? expect to have like a, an emotional reaction to that. I was like, this is ridiculous. And I was like, oh. it's sweet, I it? wish listeners could see Lily's reaction during yeah. this clip. It was great. Also, me and Stan just trying to hold in our laughter. I like didn't cringe anywhere near as hard when I watched this yesterday, yeah. but that just made me so yeah. uncomfortable that time. Um, yeah so I feel like that is a very like quotable Mm. Grey's moment it's just hilarious Um, but again like very different like watching that pre-med school and then going into it like I don't know it's just the relationships they all have it's kind of crazy Um, but yeah Stan what did you make (laughs) you're still laughing there (laughs) I am yeah I do think that Grey's Anatomy does change the meaning of scrub rooms and on call rooms for for every prospective medical student and then they probably find out that none of this happens in reality Um, I I mean I love that scene as much as I cringe it's just such a classic moment as you said and it shows you a how out of proportion everything is but b that like these people really live and breathe medicine like this is their whole life and every time and i don't think this is going to come across as a spoiler but i think every time someone tries to date someone who isn't medical if something happens Mm -hmm. and they all end up with like other doctors which i think in reality you know there is some truth to that as well yeah, I've always sworn off dating medics. My friends would be exhausted. Um, and I've broken that so many times. And um, now my boyfriend is someone, he's a doctor at the hospital I'm working at. And it is just slightly unavoidable. <laughs> because, like, they are the people that you 
see all the time because you need to date someone who you don't have to steal the moments for basically like if you're I get that if you're in like a long-term relationship and you're 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 steady and so you you don't need as much time together but to start a relationship with someone when you're a doctor those little moments of time are just not enough and so it kind of feels unavoidable that you end up dating someone who you spend all of your working time with as well um because you maybe you average out the same amount of time as a normal couple um yeah and to kind of finish off the episode i have the clip where um christina who's one of the interns in Grey's anatomy with meredith and they've like gone through the whole program together and they're really good friends uh christina is leaving Grey's. We'll call each other at least twice a month and, and we'll text all the time. Text, text me. And don't let Owen get all dark and twisty. Take care of him. And Alex, take care of Alex. He needs to be mocked at least once a day or he'll be insufferable. Don't get on any little tiny planes that can crash or stick your hand in a body cavity that has a bomb in it or offer your life to a gunman. Don't do that. Don't be a hero. You're my person. I need you alive. You make me brave. Okay. Now we dance it out. Where do you go? Where you broken? Oh, I just think that's such a sweet scene. Oh, I yeah. Just, I think what's interesting is that obviously in America they do their training in the same hospital. Um, yeah, so they have been together that. the whole time and to leave is like you have to make us take a step away from that whereas in the UK that is just the complete opposite um, to stay in the same hospital is like so rare and most people will be sometimes unwillingly moved around um, so that's interesting I can't imagine like being doing F1 F2 and then like whether IMT you want to doing a lot of years with the same people that would be just very um, like intense. Um, but overall, it's just I think it's just such a sweet scene. Um, and I think it's r- funny that we were talking about all of Meredith's ridiculous self-sacrificial acts. And then Christina is like listing them and you're like, yeah, why does she do these things? But I love them as friends. I love the idea of dancing to like end and commemorate a friendship. Yeah. And, like, they dance out all their, like, you know, hardest moments. Mm. And I feel like it just really captures, like, I don't know, you probably couldn't do this if you didn't have good people around you. Uh, like, yeah. it, is, it is so hard sometimes. And I think you need you need a friend who you can dance it out with or just, like, decompress Definitely. in some way. Um, I think you also need, like, I always thought that I wouldn't have many, like, medic friends um and now like the 90 percent of my best friends are doctors and actually you do just need that you or you at least need one but uh, it yeah you need people who understand what you're going through who you don't feel like you have to explain yourself to um you also need the opposite like you also need people who like will expand your world in a different way um you probably need them in equal measure but that scene just really articulates that they were there for and with each other through their hardest moments. Um, you don't have to repeat the story. You don't have to say, oh, well, actually, when they, what we do is we go on, we do the ward round. And then we, they just, they know, they know what your job is like. They know the like 
this is the hardest thing about medicine is you do these tiny hard things every day it's not that you every day have a horrible like death or a horrible moment but every day you do little things that are actually really difficult whether that is emotionally or just intellectually or practically and they get it they get how exhausting that is um yeah and I think what this scene between Christina and Meredith does really well is like the way it portrays their friendship and uh, yeah I do think that perhaps we are missing out a little bit in the UK by having to move around so much and not being able with the same people because I think you know if you if you are training with someone that is a very good friend of yours I think it can make a huge difference but then again you might end up with people you don't like so maybe it is a good thing. (laughs) It was a bit of a tangent but I would say for like F1 it is really good to think about doing it in a place where you're in the same hospital the whole year and also you'll like live like if you do if you're like in a dgh or something you will like live closer to the hospital and you'll probably live closer to each other um and that is a difference between like different types of foundation programs and it's worth thinking about like what support you need because i feel like i i relate to this i relate to having those really tight people who are doing the same job as you um which i wouldn't have got i think if i'd stayed in london um yeah, so I think you can get it, but I agree. I think it is a downfall of the UK system that it doesn't naturally produce it. Yeah, I know it's not the same, like it's more about training, but like, I don't know, I think it just resonates with medical school. Like all my friends are about to leave med school now yeah. at the end of this year um, and I'll still have a year to go. Mm. Um, and like watching this moment, it just felt really like poignant and like, I don't know, just quite emotional mm. like you said like you do you do go through it and it is like all those tiny hard things that people just get without you having to explain um and like the shared language and mm. the like shared experiences I think it's just like something that really cements those friendships so yeah don't know it's just a really sweet scene I think um does anyone else have any kind of final thoughts before we wrap up on any of the clips or just on this topic as a whole no, I've enjoyed this so much. It's been, um, it felt quite like honouring of my teenage self. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just feel like we've all come so far from when we were watching these telly shows and it's just nice to reflect on that. Yeah, it's yeah. been really fun. And for any like medical students in the early years or prospective medical students listening to this, it's actually great when you're later on in your medical school journey and they say something on Grey's Anatomy and you're like, I know this. <laughs> and like, I'd often be there watching it with my friend and even before they've said anything, we'd turn around to each other and be like, you know, whatever the condition is or whatever test they need. Yeah. yeah. So, so they do actually seed in some like actual medicine mm. in there. As, But, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's great when you get these moments where you're like, oh, I know this. Um, thanks to everyone at home for listening to this episode of Sharp Scratch if you like our show I'd love it if you could support us by leaving a review wherever you get your podcasts or by sharing it with people you know Uh, tell your friends about it helps people to find the show and let us know what your favourite medical TV drama moments were as well Um, get in touch on social media we're BMJ Student on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram if you'd like to hear other episodes, subscribe to Sharp Scratch wherever you get your podcasts and in two weeks' time you'll be notified of our next episode. Until then, goodbye from us.